Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Yeah, so welcome to Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. And and today we're actually going to be in Colossians. We're still in chapter 1. So go to Colossians chapter 1. Uh, today we're going to be focusing on three verses. Um, and it's going to be compiled together because the, the main idea is within the three verses. Um, and that's what I want to unpack for us today. Um, so Colossians chapter one, um, we're still going to begin at verse one so we can gain a uh, context of what Paul is saying. So we're going to be, we're going to read from verses one through 13 or one through 14. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Uh, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. It says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing. As, all, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and, and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So today, like I said, we're going to be focusing on verses 9, 10, and 11. So I wanted to go through uh, verses 9 all the way to 14, um, but there's so much in verses 9, 10, and 11 that I cannot just skip that briefly. I, I want to uh, hone in on a specific uh, topic that is mentioned there. Um, but let's reread that and then we're going to look more deeply into it. It says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and, and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, 
fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So basically what God wants us to know in verses 9 through 11 is that we are to be filled in the knowledge of God so as to walk worthy in the Lord, uh, bear good fruit. We are to uh, please the Lord by doing so. So it brings pleasure to the Lord uh, when we do these things because we know that we are, five, growing in the knowledge of Him. So that's what Paul is trying to focus on in this prayer. And that's what God wants us to know here, that uh, we are to be filled in the knowledge of God, that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, that we are to bear fruit, good fruit, and that we may please the Lord in doing so as we grow in the knowledge of him. So in verse 9, uh, so he says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Right. So Paul and those whom he's with are praying without ceasing for the saints. Um, and this prayer that he is giving here um, is very specific. Uh, it's very specific because he tells us exactly what he's praying uh, for them about. Right. He is not just uh, broad or brief. And what he's talking about here, he is mentioning exactly what he is doing. Um, and, and it's not only just praying, but he, he gives the specificity, uh, the specifics of uh, what he's praying for, right? Uh, the prayer is that they may know completely God's will through spiritual wisdom and instruction. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 16, 16. It says, how much better to get wisdom than gold. To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. And this is coming from Proverbs, and Proverbs is a collection of wisdom. That is what the Lord wants us to grow in, to grow in spiritual wisdom and instruction. And how is that done? Listen to what it says. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18, 19, and 20. It says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. It says, For the wisdom of God is folly with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, and they are futile. There are two kinds of wisdom, but there is only one wisdom that is godly while the other is folly or you could say foolish right the reason being uh for worldly wisdom to be folly is because god is omniscient uh which means god is all-knowing so even when the world thinks they are wise the lord says that's nothing to me i am all-knowing um and this is the god in whom we worship this is the god in whom created the whole universe uh, by the word of his power. Um, James 3. So if we go to James chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, we will get a brief understanding of what is godly wisdom and what 
causes that to be godly wisdom and how that separates itself from worldly wisdom. Because there's two kinds of wisdom, but there's only one wisdom that is uh, eternally beneficial for us um, as Christians. So James chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. These are, these are strong words. And it says in 15, This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. That's crazy, right? To think about uh, worldly wisdom as demonic. Listen to what it says in 16. It says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And in 18 it says, um, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. But yeah, so you see the difference between worldly wisdom and earthly or worldly wisdom and godly wisdom or spiritual wisdom, right? So earthly wisdom uh, or worldly wisdom is from the earth. Um, it's unspiritual, dead, and demonic, right? So when the world thinks to be wise, the Lord calls them fools or foolish, right? Um, it reminds me of Romans chapter 1, whenever the Lord reveals himself. Um, obviously, the, everyone knows God exists, but the unrighteous suppress that truth with their unrighteousness. Um, the Lord says that he has shown himself plainly to them. Through creation. Because creation exists, there is a creator. Um, it's plain. It's right there and in front of us. Right? We look at creation every single day. Um, we are given the mercy of God to participate in a new day. And look at his world, his creation. And marvel at it. Um, but... That is because God has revealed himself through creation and creation uh, glories in the Lord, right? The stars glory in the Lord. They shine bright for the Lord. The birds sing to the Lord. Um, the waters, they rush. Um, and, and all of this is because the Lord causes it. Uh, God is sovereign he is in complete control of his creation. Um, as R.C. Sproul says, there is not one maverick molecule in this universe, meaning a molecule that is um, uncontrollable to our eyes, the Lord has control over. Um, but yeah, so we must understand these differences between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And you would probably ask the question, why is this important? Um, well, because of verse 10. So go back to Colossians chapter one, 
verse 10. It says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we must live our lives in accordance with godliness because that is what the Lord calls us to, right? When the Lord saves us, we are transformed, we are changed, we are a new creature. And when we are a new creature now, we are to grow in the knowledge of him and we are to grow to understand his will for us in this life. And that is the process of sanctification. So there's salvation and now we're in this process of sanctification that we may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, right? Sound familiar? That's James uh, chapter 1. And what's the end goal of that? Well, glorification, that we may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So we must grow in the knowledge of God. We must grow in godliness because that is what the Lord calls us to and that is his will for our lives. Um, so you would probably ask the question or I would ask this question, how will we know the will of God if we do not read where he has told us his will, right? Because remember, worldly wisdom comes from the world. So if we're not searching the scriptures for wisdom, know this, that you're not going to get wisdom that is beneficial to us eternally from the world. Because the Lord calls it folly. The Lord calls it demonic. So how do we gain wisdom? Godly wisdom, spiritual wisdom that is beneficial to us and helpful for us uh, because ultimately God is after his glory and we are to glorify the Lord as we produce these good works, right? The fruit that is good that comes from the Lord himself. Well, Romans chapter 12. So if you guys are taking notes, um, we mentioned quite a few passages earlier but now we're going to be in Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 uh, just very briefly because uh, this is what the Lord is doing and wants us to do so it says I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship it says do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So again, uh, we, we are gaining understanding. We must present our bodies as a living sacrifice as we leave the conformities of this world to a renewal of mind which accords to God's will. So, again, how is that done? Well, God tells us in his word, right? We must be transformed by the renewal of our mind, right? It's not that I'm sitting in a corner with my eyes closed trying to uh, rid myself of uh, earthly wisdom. No, as we gain godly wisdom, the earthly wisdom will become folly, right? It will show itself to be folly because now we're gaining spiritual wisdom from God and that is done through his word, right? And again, I'm going to repeat Proverbs 16, 16 because it's, uh, it's a beautiful proverb. Um, 
to memorize. It's a beautiful proverb to, to read and meditate on. How much better to get wisdom than gold, right? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver, right? We are to be after spiritual wisdom. We are to seek God and his kingdom and righteousness, right? So seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. We are to look onto heaven. We are to look above and not below, right? We must understand that the old man has died. The old person is dead. And now as we are a new creature, we must not conform ourselves to the world in which we died to. We must be transformed by the renewal of our mind. As we read God's word, we learn more about him. We learn more about ourselves and we learn what God wants for us because we are still here. We're still alive. Why are we still here? I am saved uh, by God's grace through faith alone in Christ alone, but I am still here in the flesh in this sinful flesh. So there's a reason why we are still here. God is sanctifying us and purifying us, transforming us and uh, conforming us more into the image of his son. That's what the Lord is doing. But also the Lord has called us to make disciples of all nations. Uh, that command still stands today. We are to continually make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe and obey all that Christ has commanded. Uh, we are to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And even Jesus says, Behold, I will be with you till the end of the age. How is the Lord with us if he's not here physically? Well, he has given us his spirit, right? The spirit of Christ. This is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is sealed within us. And because we have the Holy Spirit now, we can read his word in light of his um, understanding. He gives us understanding of his word and what he is trying to tell us in his word. So again, we must understand the differences between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom or spiritual wisdom. And again, we must present our bodies as a living sacrifice as we leave the conformities of this world uh, to a renewal of mind, which accords to God's will. Um, good works that are pleasing to the Lord follow from a greater knowledge of God. So as we grow in understanding of the Lord and who he is and what he has done and what he is doing, we grow into a, a knowledge that is that, that causes good works to flow from us that is fully pleasing to God. You see, the Lord is glorified when we do these good works properly, right? We're not doing these good works to gain salvation because that is done already. That has been done by God's grace through faith. But what I am saying here is that now these good works will flow from me. I want to do good now. Not because I'm trying to gain God's favor because I have that already. But now we should strive to want to do these good works and do it because God gets the glory. Soli del gloria. To God alone be the glory. Um, so that is what he is after. 
that we may be transformed by the renewal of our mind so that when trials come, we may know the will of God and we may be able to do what is good, what is acceptable to God, right? If we go back to Colossians, it says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in a knowledge of God. Verse 11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for it, all endurance and patience with joy. So ultimately, this is what's happening. This is what the Lord is doing. He is strengthening us with all power, not our power, but his power. He is strengthening us according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience, right? So our attitude with trials must be met by joy. Joy comes from the Lord and by his strength, we will endure whatever trial comes our way because all power is God's, right? So if we go to Ephesians, so if you guys are still following along, go to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16. This is what it says, uh, verses 16 through 20. It says that, that according to the riches of his glory, glory, he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So now we're getting a context in how this is done. It's done by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit grants us his power. It says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that so this is verse 17 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love verse 18 may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So, what is the purpose of God's power? It says all power. What is the purpose of this? Well, it says in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Okay. Um, you may ask, well, Christ is dwelling in my heart. Well, Scripture tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but how is that done? Well, Scripture also tells us that we must be filled by his word. So the more we gain knowledge of God's word and understanding of God's word, not just knowing it or memorizing it, but understanding it, we will flow or what flows from us or from our inner being is worship. And it says that you being rooted and grounded in love, right? So it's a firm foundation uh, that the Lord has uh, set before us. He is the rock. And it says, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. So every single believer is given this ability. And this ability is that we may know or gain an understanding of the breadth, of the length, of the height, and the depth 
and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. I find that interesting where he says in verse 19, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So the thing about that is that you are to know the love of Christ that is beyond your ability to know. Um, that sounds confusing, but that is God's love towards us. We must understand. We must look at ourselves. When Christ saved us, we were vile. We were dirty, sinful, full of anger towards God because we wanted to do nothing with God, right? And then the Lord changes our hearts drastically. And now we desire to be with him. We desire to know him more as believers, right? This is our food. This is our spiritual food. God's word. We are to feed on it daily so that we may grow and gain an understanding of the Lord because once that happens, we will gain an understanding of God's will for our lives, right? Sometimes we are seeking and searching for God's will for us. Well, it's found in his word. He wants you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Um, and that's what the Lord is doing here, that we must understand and comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Then it says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So how do you, how are you filled with all the fullness of God? Well, when we start comprehending with all the saints, uh, this understanding that. Christ's love surpasses our knowledge, but that is done through his word. Um, God tells us that his word is truth. God tells us in his word that we are to be sanctified by it. God tells us in his word that it is sharper than any two-edged sword or any double-edged sword. So that is how we learn. This is how we grow. And this is what Paul is praying for the believers at Colossae that they may grow a knowledge of God, that they may gain an understanding of what God wants for us. Because as we grow in the knowledge of him, we please the Lord by bearing good fruit as we are walking worthy of the calling of which we have been called, worthy to the Lord, as we are being filled with the knowledge of God. Because what is the end goal of all of that? What is the end goal? Worship. We praise God for getting us through whatever trial we are going through. The Colossians are going through trials and what Paul is telling them is, hey, take heart. Know what the Lord is doing. James chapter 1, again, he tells us uh, in verse 2. Here, let me go to it. James chapter uh, 1, verses 2. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. This is James speaking, and he's also speaking to believers. It says, to the 12 tribes in a dispersion. So what is happening there is that there's believers who are being persecuted for the faith to the point where they are dispersing themselves, and he calls them the dispersion. Uh, that is a title for them. But what does he say right after that? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Well, why should we count it all joy when we meet trials of various kinds? Well, because the Lord is at work within us. The Lord is helping us rely on him. We are to depend on God and God alone for all strength. Right again, we, we read it in Colossians that God 
is strengthening us with all power. He is to strengthen us with all power, uh, which accords to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. You see, joy can only be found in a believer's life because we have the source upon which joy comes from, and that is Christ himself. So I would say if you do not know Christ personally, if you have not repented from your sins, or if you have sins that you're still clinging on to, or sins that you still struggle with, well, ask the Lord for strength. Ask the Lord to help you uh, through that so that you may run from sin. Scripture tells us to flee from sexual immorality. Um, I know that is a big one for a lot of people. And that, that is why the Lord calls us to flee from sexual immorality. Don't even be near it. Don't even think that you can uh, fight against it um, and be surrounded by temptations um, that will lead you to sexual immorality, right? Uh, and instead, we are to flee from that, run away from that. Do not even get close to that. Do not even think that you can uh, get through that. Uh, but instead, we must trust in the Lord and rely on God. Uh, and we must gain an understanding of who he is. We must gain an understanding of what he has done. He calls us to repent from our sins and put our faith, our trust in Christ alone for our salvation. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. Um, if you desire to know God, if you desire to repent of your sins and cling to God, um, I would say God is changing you. God has changed your heart and now your desires have been changed and now you want to be saved. And your cry to God, save me, Lord. I'm a wretched man. There's nothing I can do. Uh, that is a response of God already doing a work within you. Um, our faith in Christ is a result of God saving us already. So if you desire to come to God, a desire to repent of your sins and put your faith in Christ, um, well, praise God for that. Uh, all of heaven rejoices when a believer um, becomes a believer, when a person believes in Christ alone for their salvation, believes that Christ did do what he did on the cross. When he said, it is finished, it is finished. God has casted your sins as far as the east is to the west. Now, in this process of life, again, we are to grow in the knowledge of God so that we may walk accordingly uh, to the call of which he has called us. Um, and that is to walk or live in a manner that is godly. So, I would say that's what we must do. We must seek the Lord in his word. We must ask God for understanding of his word. And we must grow. As Paul is praying for these believers, I pray that we all grow in the knowledge of God. That we all grow and bear good fruit because it pleases the Lord. Um, so, I would say, trust God. And know that you will gain an understanding if you're seeking God's wisdom. Because in James, it tells us, God tells us that anyone who wants wisdom, ask and it will be given to you. So if you want to gain wisdom, ask God for wisdom 
and then search his scriptures, search his word. Because again, Proverbs 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. It's far better than anything that is valuable in this world. If you put it next to God's wisdom, it's God's wisdom is far above that. So seek after God's wisdom as you're searching through his word and be transformed by the renewal of your mind. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. Thank <laughs> you.